Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And we're back with today's episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt Irvin and Aaron Kennedy with you today for our longer episode. I guess it's been a one whole month since we've been together for the long one. So um, we've got uh, yes. some good stuff lined up, I think. And, you know, to kind of kick us off, Aaron, you know, we talk about this a lot and have for a good while about our weakest weakness, right? The thing that could have hurt us hurt us the most biggest fear biggest fear yeah a lot about that so kind of tell us what what have we seen you know i think year to date is where we're kind of looking and um some parts of our biggest fear came true but we got a plan to move forward so kind of tell us about that you know our biggest fear would be sitting around being defensive trying to take care of everybody and the market just skyrockets and Really, that's what's happened. Um, 2022 was a was a pretty rough year, um, and then it just completely flip flopped this year. And I would say it feels good that the market is positive, but the breadth of the market or how much is actually working has been so small. I mean, it's just mind boggling. There's even a new term for it. You know, it used to be the Fang. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's all changed now. It's called the Magnificent Seven. Right. And a lot of this has been then gotten really popular because of AI. You know, AI is going to be a, a game changer. May not be this week or this year, but it's coming. Okay, and, and people flooded into that really quick. But this this magnificent seven is a lot of the names that we've heard before, like Apple. But it's it's Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Nvidia, Tesla, Google, and uh, Meta or what Facebook. was Facebook. So if I take all those those seven stocks and um, use the weights of how they're in the S&P, so far this year, those things have contributed about 22% of the S&P's return. 22%. The S&P 500's only up about 19. So what's the rest of it doing? Yeah, so the, so the rest of the market's down about 3%. And if you weren't in these, these seven stocks, then mm-hmm. you... You really haven't seen anything in the right. market. And, you know, when we were back in 2022, we were in probably one of the most expensive markets, period. Um, from a percentile standpoint, we were in the 99th percentile of how expensive growth was compared to value. Today, it's a little bit better. It's 95. <laughs> you know, and and you're, you're looking at things like, uh, 1999, you know, the the internet boom, mm-hmm. you know, th- these were not good times to invest. So, you know, our thoughts of safety first, you know, it kind of, it kept us out of there. You know, we were, we've been talking about this be extremely uh, high on the quality scale. We want to stay uh, with a lot of companies that don't have a lot of debt load and just be as safe as we could. And it, it, it hasn't worked out. Right. You know, we are we are underwater. Now the good thing is, probably around May or June, somewhere around in there, um, we started to see more of the market start working. You know, the um, advanced decline line. It kind of shows 
how many stocks are participating in the upside versus the downside. And we started seeing that trickle upwards uh, just in the last couple of months. So more and more companies are participating in other than um, the Magnificent Seven. So, so that's where you know we talk about in high tides all boats rise. Yeah. So instead of just those few that are, you know, I guess walking on air, the Magnificent Seven, yes. we finally got some no tides that, that, are, that are helping out those other stocks and kind of equalizing yes. the performance a little yeah. bit. So. And, you know, so far this year, you've seen we've, we've been pretty, um, pretty active. We've bought into um, the other side of the Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. three different times as, as that discrepancy kept getting wider and wider. Um, we've, we've been buying down. And we've been buying some fantastic companies, and probably over the last, you know, month to three months, our portfolio is gaining on on the other side of the market. And if we can if we can experience the, the rest of this year, um, everything else catching up, you know, we will absolutely do the same. Uh, we will fall further behind if this this craziness continues to go on. Um, but but we're in a very we're we're in a much safer spot than being in uh, these magnificent seven. Just just to give you an idea, the PE of the S and P sitting around 22, and that's still pretty expensive. Um, but these magnificent seven, they're sitting a little over 106 times earnings. Right, you got you got to want to own those right now yes. in a big way. So think so think about this: those seven stocks can drop 80 percent, and their earnings grow. And they'll still be more expensive than the market, and they'll still be fantastic companies. It's just this uh, this popularity contest that they're in has pushed them way beyond what is what is logical. Right. A couple of the things, you know, um, you look, you're looking at what the market is expecting versus what is what is happening. You know, the market's expecting around 141, 142% growth out of these companies. Right. Uh, we're sitting at a little bit less than five percent right now. So got some room to grow. What, yeah, and, and what happens on growth stocks when they don't hit their measurement? You know, they, there's a rude awakening that happens very, very quickly, and there's really no fundamentals underneath them other than hope to, to get them to where they need to go. So that might make earnings season a little brutal. Yes, this, this it's coming this, this, this week. Yep, it's coming. A big chunk of them are coming out, 40%. We've seen them both ways so far this year. You know, some companies have done extremely well, and some some have struggled, even in the same exact industry. So, um, it's getting time to see see who's swimming naked, as they might say. Never heard that. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, Aaron, thanks for diving into that. We're going to take a short break here, and then we're going to jump back into kind of our short-term view and then wrap up our third piece with the long-term view. So we'll be right back with you on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. And we're back with round two of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Today's episode, in the first segment, we talked about a lot about what we're doing as KFS and our portfolios and some of the things we're exposed to and, and how we've been reacting to that. And we're going to switch gears into kind of some short-term views, trying to wrap our head what's, around what's going to happen here in the coming coming weeks, coming months, and um, kind of what our, I guess, our near-term view might be. Yes. All right. Short-term Actually, got this is pr- pretty long on the on the note list. 
short term, like I said, we're, we're trying to make money in places that are not high on this technology list at this point. Um, we do have some exposure and we've, we've been building a little bit just in case it continues to be crazy, but for the most part, we're trying to get in areas that are dirt cheap with, with high expectations. Japan's one of those and it has a very interesting story to it. You know, just thinking of Japan, they, there's a new rule out there that says that they need to have a plan moving forward to be trading against book above book value. And Japan has been pretty conservative, um, especially the leaders of companies and just corporations themselves, they hold a lot of cash. Savers. Savers, big time savers. So number one way to get that book value down is to distribute their cash. Japan's in a good spot right now. They're on a different schedule than we are. Their cycle is in the growth mode and they're fixing to start sending us a bunch of cash or buying back shares like U.S. companies. So that's a good place to make some money where uh, Tesla and NVIDIA are not there. So we're, we're excited there. Um, also some of our, our quality dividend payers, um, you know there's five, a little bit over five trillion dollars on the sidelines. People are going to start looking at the market and say I want some of that mm -hmm. because it's a lot bigger than five percent growth. And once that happens, you know, like I said, everything's going to go up. And I mean, I said, see who's swimming naked. There's a saying out there for Matt. <laughs> when the tide goes out, you get to see who's swimming yeah, naked. That's so right. That's, that's what I was talking about. Um, but everything should advance. There's just too much money on the sideline and um, too much, too many dollars chasing too few of stocks. Yeah. And they're going to get um, over levered and they will come back down. Just think of NVIDIA. Do you think NVIDIA would be successful if it doubled this year? That, that would be fantastic. We'd have to drop more than 50% to, to be there. That, that's how ridiculous this is right now. I have to drop 50% to make a double this year. Um, so we, we really don't want a whole lot of that uh, in our portfolio at this time. But another short-term thing, um, that we're speaking about that is outside the realm of the Magnificent Seven is oil. Mm. Oil is pretty fascinating at this point. There was a big research paper that came out uh, earlier this uh, couple of months ago and uh, what it was saying is that the oil, the oil in the Permian Basin should start rolling over within the next let's say 12 to 18 months. and. What it's trying to say is no matter how much more we drill, we cannot push the growth of our, our Permian assets. Um, it's been about a decade that the entire world's production growth has been right here in the U.S. and it's been the U.S. Permian and um, you know our new technology and drilling. That's, that's coming to an end. Wow, so can we touch on that? Because you had to explain that to me because I didn't fully understand the, the depth of this. So. It's all about the pressures, right? You poke a hole in the ground, there's a lot of fluid down there. If there's a lot of fluid down there and there's a small hole coming out, lots of pressure comes out. So yes. as we drain the fluid in the ground, there's less pressure. I think they call it pressure down the hole. If I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a guru on this stuff, but uh, I've heard that term before. So basically there's not enough, not as much pushing it out of the ground. So right. there's still a lot there. There's still a lot It's just there. getting to it. We might have to shift the way we're doing it, change our technology. What we're doing and what's been working may not work as well, right? Right. 
Okay. Most, most of the wells that have been drilled have been the, the tier one wells or the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And from modeling, um, these uh, petroleum engineers and things have found that once an oil field gets to about 50% drilled, that, that that pressure decreases quite a bit and the, the growth starts to move into decline. Mm -hmm. It worked out almost exactly as, as thought in the Bakken fields. Uh, in the, the, the Eagleford, Eagleford was yeah. another one that it, it worked out and we're about to hit that in the Permian where we're about 40% right now. So in the next 12 to 18 months, um, we're gonna start to see some decline. And if the U.S. doesn't have the production to, to slow the, roll, the increase in prices, oil's gonna go up in value right. and it's gonna go up a lot. We don't have our strategic reserves to deplete any longer. That's actually got to be filled back mm -hmm. up. Yep. So um, not only do we need it for trucking and, and travel, but plastics, uh, but we've got to fill that strategic reserve back up and uh, the oil's just not going to be there. So that, that's something to really look at and that is some, some tailwind for some of these, these energy companies. You know, they had a fantastic uh, 2022 um, is one of the very bright spots in the market. Um, it, it's been a negative spot so far this year, but I, I think you should expect that to change. And um, you're gonna want some of that in your portfolio one way or the other. So Aaron, tell me this. So if we do go into a recessionary period where people aren't driving as much or aren't using as much fuel, will that help the reserves there? Not at this point. Um, that, that was something else that was in that research paper that the, the demand for oil has never dropped as much as what the supply is going to drop. Right. Never. No, no matter how bad the recession, we, we still need food, we still have to right. transport things, we still go see grandma. You know, we do all these things and it's, it's not going to be enough to help prices. We can't lower consumption enough. Right. Supply okay. is going to be way under what demand is and pretty much no matter what we do. So um, that's going to put upwards pressure on um, oil mm -hmm. and what's that going to do for inflation and if inflation is being propped up you know from the price of oil just think about that remember when it was we were sitting double the price here how painful it was right. to uh, go fill up your car think of how fast price of eggs increased and all the transportation costs just to get the food to the grocery store to Walmart that's going to pick back up and we're not going to have any more of the tools to, to keep that down well because you, you cannot control interest rates or you cannot control that with interest rates no right that's a, it's a completely different piece but I hate to cut you off there we do need to take another quick break before we go into our last segment of today's episode of black and white market chatter on life planning 101 Finishing up our final piece of today's episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We've talked about the current, we've talked about the short term. Now we're going to talk about the long term. Aaron, what are we seeing for long term kind of environment and maybe some long term opportunity? Yes. Touched on this a little bit the uh, higher inflation. The Fed's tool to fight higher inflation is higher interest rates. Our interest payments is a little bit over $600 billion right now. 
our deficit, our spending deficit is, is a little over $1.6 trillion. We are going to have to continue to print money and continue to borrow so our government continue to operate. To support the debt service? Yes. And, you know, that's going to have several consequences. Number one, the U.S. dollar is probably going to start to lose some of its appeal. It's going to get to the point that we just cannot make our payments um, safely. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can continue printing as long as the rest of the world's printing. We should be okay, but you know, it's not a good contingency some, plan. <laughs> yeah, it's not something we want to hang our hat on. And you know, on the other side, you know, what happens if this AI comes to fruition? You know, if we have a computer setting all appointments and doing all the back work and we don't need people to do that manually. Or how about flipping burgers or what's the, what was the deal of the the avocado robot with Chipotle and, I mean, it's all, it's it's here. It's here and, you know, we're going to see unemployment skyrocket. Unemployment skyrocket means our government's not going to get the tax receipts that it needs. So then we're even going to be in more of a deficit, Mm -hmm. and it just starts to steamroll. And, you know, hopefully before we get to that point, Fed can get interest rates back down naturally. But, you know, at that point, we're going to be looking at a risk scenario where they're going to have to pay out the wazoo. Just to have debt. anybody to hold that debt, so that's really not a place you want to you want to be. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be investing in long term um, government bonds. You probably don't even want to be in long term corporate corporate debt because it's uh, you know it's it's going to be a loss leader for you. And and we've gone decades upon decades of having that be safe money, and that just will not be the case. Right. And and, and we're we're talking long term, so. Maybe 2030, maybe 2050, you know, but it's not the place you want to be and and you need to be getting ready for that. The place that you will be making money is stocks. Mm -hmm. You know, they will continue to do well. On the stock side, probably need to be leaning more towards the companies that are creating this discrepancy, some some company that is creating deflation, uh, that it's improving uh, efficiency, high technology stocks. Mm -hmm or um, very cheap companies that are paying a decent dividend. You're going to have to look at things different, but that's the way you're going to be able to climb out of this because if if you got government debt and your real return, you know, if you're getting 5% treasury interest, Mm -hmm. but inflation's 10, that's that's a negative real return. So really the only place you can get a positive return at that kind of inflation levels is going to be in the stock market. So you're going to want that. You're probably going to want to have something that's anti-U.S. dollar. While we're living here in this country, the you know we probably won't be affected as much. Um, of course, the the things that we bring in from other countries, those are going to go higher in price. But it's going to give us the opportunity to uh, bring onshore a lot of those those goods and services. But but still, uh, if you need to go out of the country, you need to buy something. Um, U.S. dollar is going to be coming down, so how do you combat that? And there's not a lot of things out there, uh, you know, maybe gold, maybe some some Bitcoin, something something yeah. like that that does the opposite. So you got to kind of think of your portfolio differently. Where's my growth? Where's my anti-dollar? Um, you know, where's my safety? And um, putting all those together, uh, that's that's how you're going to need to look at your portfolio. And yeah, it's going to be more volatile. 
but you can either get paid for that volatility or you can go broke safely. Right. That's the thing my dad loves to say, going broke safely, because we're getting close. But go go to that world, uh, what is it, uh, U.S. debt clock, if you go Google that, it's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Just to give you an idea, we hit $32 trillion, uh, in debt, and uh, golly, what was it, end of May, beginning of June, and now we're at $32.6 trillion. Blink of an eye. Shoot. We, we blew through that and are just continuing to run, and it's yeah. not going to slow down, guys. Yeah. So let's um, let's try to sprinkle this little positivity, because all I hear is, is the dollar's not going to be good, and the technology, I know that there's certain parts of technology right now, kind of based on our first part, we're trying to steer away from because it's so overpriced. But So we're, we're kind of, that's where that next level getting under the hood, yes. being able to, to dig a little deeper than, than what's on the headline of Google, right? Right. How this, this is going to affect people that, the lower risk investor. Right. Because the, there won't be a lot of safe assets out there to be invested in and get you a comfortable because the safety, the safety, you know, the risk-free rate is U.S. Yes. debt. Well, if the risk-free turns into risky, you right. can you can TM that if you want. Then we have Are we have done? an issue with their underlying, yes. right? And, and so then that kind of breaks that model where we base off the risk-free rate. You yes. know, we're still going to have to pay. Interest rates absolutely matter, but we're going to have to be willing to accept. And, and two, I think based on what we're seeing, it's it's more volatility risk, right? Because if we do our homework, if we do our math, we stick to quality companies, volatility is going to be there, but the actual risk of the underlying, that's where we're trying to get super defensive and more qualitative. Yes, so. that's exactly right. Just buy great companies that are doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and you should be okay. We're always going to have market volatility, right? but what we don't want to see is the risk of our company going away. Right, going poof, going yeah. to zero. We don't want to see any WorldComs or Enrons, anything like that. So um, you, get, you got to be careful with what you buy and just be okay with higher volatility. And hey, you know what? We've been pushed this way for well over a decade. How long has interest rates been at zero? So m- most people have gotten more comfortable with adding more and more risk. Mm-hmm. So it's we're just going to continue down the same path there. Yeah. Um, this little reprieve of getting 5% CDs is, you know, it, it won't feel as good here in the future. Well, and two, do your homework, right? Because there's lists and lists upon lists of investments to go into that have the saving grace or the magic formula, right? You've seen them much more than I, but somebody always wants to sell you a list of stuff to buy. It's usually the stuff they're trying to sell. That's exactly right. So be be careful out there because in volatile times and uncertain times, there's people out there that actually will try to take advantage of you. I know it's a surprise to people like me because I don't think that exists, but use your professionals you know if you're with us call us if you're not with us give us a call anyway right yeah. we want to want to help you want to work through it so. if it's too good to be true more than likely it is it sure enough is that's right stay well, safe out there well, well good deal Aaron we got we do have to get wrapped up today thank you for going through that again our our uh, what where we're at where the short-term look is where the longer-term look is if you missed any part of this today uh, give us a call we'll talk you through every bit of it but thank you for joining us on today's episode of black and white market chatter on life planning 101 thank you for joining us for life planning 101 brought to you by smart money group and kennedy financial services if you have questions you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com
Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.